So one of our priests was recently invited to a Jewish family for their Passover Seder meal, a, a real Seder meal. So he noticed a very, very fascinating custom that they had in that family, which was that a piece of the unleavened bread or the matzah was hidden and the children of the family will go search for it. And they told him that this hidden, plate, hidden piece of leavened bread represents the Messiah. So whoever finds it, finds the Messiah. I, I just thought that was very, very intriguing. So I did some more research. As I found out, this piece of unleavened bread is called afikomen, meaning dessert. And it was broken from the whole piece of unleavened bread, or the matzah, as you might have seen it in uh, Safeway here. Uh, it was wrapped in a cloth and hidden at the beginning of the Seder meal. And after the children find it, they will all eat it uh, at the very, very end of the Seder meal as the dessert. And afikomen symbolizes the Paschal sacrifice, the, the sacrifice of lamb um, on, on Passover. Because, um, because of this, um, they had uh, the custom of eating it very, very hastily, very, very fast. Because the book of Exodus says, with your loin skirt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand, you will eat it in a hurry. It is Lord's Passover. And they have to eat this Passover, um, uh, this um, unleavened bread, instead of the Passover lamb, because there's no longer the temple. They couldn't have the Passover sacrifice anymore, so they have only have the symbol of it. But the Afikomen also represents the liberation from the exile and the slavery in Egypt. That redemption, according to the Jewish belief, however, uh, is not a complete one. The, the redemption wrought by Moses was not complete, and still is not complete, because our Jewish brothers are still waiting for the final redemption with the coming of the Messiah. So hiding uh, the Afikomen symbolizes that to them, the real redemption is still hidden. It's still yet to come. As a Catholic, as a Catholic priest, I find this tradition very, very astounding because the Afikomen in many, many ways parallels the Eucharist that we celebrate, not just in the material or texture, but in the symbolisms and in the meanings. What Afikomen foreshadows is what the Eucharist really is. What our Jewish brothers and sisters are waiting for in our faith, we hold that we already possess it in reality. And it was fulfilled by our Lord Jesus Christ almost 2,000 years ago. What do I mean by this? First of all, in the second reading today, St. Paul gives us the earliest account of the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. And the Synoptic Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, all agree with St. Paul. And at the Last Supper, Jesus was unambiguous. He said, this is my body. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. And so we as Catholics, we take Jesus' words very, very seriously and literally. We firmly believe that the Eucharist is the true presence of Jesus Christ not just a symbol of his presence. And therefore, the Eucharist on the altar 
is no different from the lacerated flesh of our Lord Jesus on the cross. And the precious blood in the chalice is no different from the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And therefore, the Eucharist that we celebrate is indeed his paschal sacrifice. However, it is an unbloodied and spiritual sacrifice. It is nevertheless a sacrifice, a real sacrifice. It is foreshadowed by the sacrifice of Melchizedek using bread and wine that we just heard in the first reading. And the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is the ultimate fulfillment of the exodus from Egypt led by Moses. Because Jesus' sacrifice reconciled us with God the Father, and through this sacrifice, we can have the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life. And this salvation is not only limited to an ethnic group or the Jewish nation, the, the people chosen by God, but it's offered to the entire humanity. And we're not liberated so much from the slavery by the Egyptians, but we are liberated from the bondage of our worst enemy, death. And so for this reason, we no longer commemorate Moses and the Exodus from Egypt. We commemorate Jesus in the Eucharist, the new Moses, the true Messiah who leads us out from death. The sacrifice of Jesus is also making the making of a new covenant. Jesus said that this blood is the blood of a new covenant. So that what that means is that when we celebrate the Eucharist, um, we are renewing this covenant between humanity and God, which will not be broken because Jesus is God and therefore absolutely faithful. And this covenant makes God and us one single family. And as a family, we know that God will always rescue us from all, kind of danger, all kinds of dangers, even death. And so for this reason, Jesus said that his blood is the blood of the new covenant. And whoever drinks this blood has a share in this covenant, in this covenantal relationship. But we also shouldn't forget that, yes, Jesus died on the cross, but he also rose from the dead after three days. So what we receive at the Mass, what we receive from the Eucharist, is indeed the resurrected Christ who dies no more. And so whenever we receive the Eucharist, we are receiving his divine and resurrected life, his eternal life that he wants to give to us. And so our soul is nourished by our Lord himself. And Jesus showed that he can do that. He wanted to do that. He willed to do that at this miracle by the lake shore of Lake Galilee when he multiplied five loaves and two fish to feed more than 5,000 men. And so this Eucharist that we celebrate, that we receive, is our redemption from the slavery of sin and death and not just a representation, not just a symbol, not just a foreshadowing of it. And so we, as we continue to participate in Jesus' sacrifice, we also become more and more like him in his sacrificial and selfless love. 
I say this especially because today is Father's Day, and I want to say this to all the fathers presented, uh, present here. As you know, and I know, fatherhood is under attack this day and day and age. And fathers are being ridiculed. They are being depicted as, by pop culture as fat, lazy, stupid, and useless. And we don't need this kind of father. We don't. But we also know that most fathers aren't like that. You know that, and I know that. Most fathers are very, very dedicated to their families, and they are very, very loving, and they work so hard to provide for their families. But especially now, we need Catholic men and Catholic fathers who, and Catholic father figures who are strong, humble, and self-sacrificing and dedicated to God, and to be good examples for the next generation and bring them up in the, in the faith. So for the fathers here, I want to remind you that the Eucharist will make you a better father and more Christ-like fathers. The Eucharist will empower you to do all the good works for your families, to resist temptations, and to stand up for your children. As such, you'll become more self-giving like Jesus Christ, who went up to the cross for the salvation of the world, rather than becoming self-centered and self-absorbed. Of course, the Eucharist is beneficial to the entire family, not just for the fathers. The Eucharist will nourish the mothers as well, and the children as well, and grandparents as well. But the whole family coming together to celebrate Mass, to receive the Eucharist and receive our Lord, it in itself, this, this coming together is a powerful force to keep your family together because our Lord Jesus is a great unifier. And so as we celebrate and give thanks to God for this greatest gift that God gave to our humanity, that he left us as a memorial of, of his love, may we strive to receive the sacrament of love frequently and worthily, so to live in communion with the abyss of love of our Lord Jesus Christ.